the pen click can be the lighter. That's for you writing ass niggas. Yeah. Yeah. I'm in a rhyming mood. Uh, uh, uh. uh, uh. Rhyme with you. Uh, uh. uh rhymes uh, with blue. Uh. Okay, uh. now, whatever. Today we have a new song for you. <laughs> it's called Fuck That Nigga. It goes a little something like this. Fuck that nigga. Fuck that nigga, 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 right? Fuck that nigga, Harvey Weinstein. Fuck that nigga. Fuck that nigga, fuck that nigga. Fuck that nigga. I said, fuck that nigga, fuck him. Fuck that nigga. Fuck that nigga right. Fuck that nigga R. Kelly. Fuck that nigga. Oh, fuck that nigga. Fuck that nigga. Fuck that nigga. I said fuck that nigga. Amen. (laughs) Hit him with the highs and the lows. Fuck them all. I did not. I should. <laughs> we ain't get shit. I'm sure. We, yeah, yeah, yeah. We got an email from yeah. like a praise. We did not get no damn praise reports. Ugh, you heathens. Niggas, right, niggas. That's all right. Niggas if you woke it. up, God did Come something on. for you. But we specifically said we, didn't we want did. Those we did. We did. My God, we really cheated ourselves. <laughs> We're very clear. We don't want the Lord woke me up and started me on my way. We don't. We don't. We don't. My God. Well, so, welcome, welcome to, to the Alternative the... Storage Lifestyle Podcast. <laughs> I had to, to the drawstring on my back <laughs> podcast. Wow. <laughs> I'm not I'm actually actually fuck this. We're not having an episode four. We'll see you next week for episode five. Be blessed. Don't stress. And worry about your own mess, bitch. <laughs> oh my God, I am out of line. I am wow, out of order. Completely out I of am line. Out of Jesus order. Christ. All right, so welcome to the Worship Podcast. Yes, God. Um, this is a podcast where two fat, black, queer, churchy ass niggas yes, discuss Lord. our healing and how yes. we are navigating it and finding our way along those paths that sometimes intersect. And yes. Um, cross and and all those things. Yep. I am Janae. And I am Andre. Dre SMR. <laughs> Go ahead and do it, niggas. Get out the 
If I had enough saliva in my mouth, it would be a it would be a whole different thing. But you know, wait on the Lord, Saint. Yes. Um. So, if you would like to, actually, we're not asking you to. We're telling you, you need to be. This is not a choice. And Instagramming about interact with your boys. Interact. Please and thank you. Um. So we are on both Twitter and Instagram at. Worship Podcast, W-R-S-H-P-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. And you can use our hashtag on any of your social media platforms, your Twitters, your Facebooks, your um, MySpaces, yes. your Mihentes, yes. your, your Black, Black Planets. Planets. Yes, um, okay, Cupid. Okay, Cupid. Do it all. Yes. Okay, on your Tinders. Yeah, your Jacks. You can- <laughs> Actually, don't. I don't want that. I don't want that nowhere near Jacks. Does Jack have like a page that's like trending? <laughs> no. That would be blessed that, that, if we were trending on Jack. That wow. should that should be a thing. Wow. I'm gonna how email the developers. My oh my god, on today. Yes. Um But you know Christina Aguilar and a whole I'm bunch of other things will just take this. over. So I'm not doing this. Amen. Wow. So yes, our hashtag is worship pod. So yes. W R S H P P O D. And use that. On all of the things. Amen. So, how was your week, Andre? It, it was, um, it was all right. Okay. Um, few good things, few bad things happened. Yeah. Um, uh, last week my cousin was uh, unfortunately gunned down mm. on Tuesday night. Rest in peace, Carl. I love mm. you, bro. I love you. Wow. Um, yeah. So that you know, the timing of that sucked because mm. you know. Right before Thursday, you know, around family and all those things. But, mm. you know, I, I got to eat and celebrate with my family who is still with us. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, my sister made, um, do you know who Risha is? Uh, I know. Chef Risha. Risha? <laughs> I'm sorry. No. Okay. Chef Risha on, on Twitter. Oh, yeah. I just started following her. Yeah. Okay. Uh, my sister made her macaroni and cheese. Was it blessed? It was... It was amazing. Like I don't. Wow. How do you I have describe no this? Words it was fucking glorious. Wow. Like that woman knows how to make some mac and cheese. Amen. And she knows how to direct people. That's the important thing. She knows how to direct people toward that's, the mac and cheese. Thing. It is because if look, as long as I was teaching, like there are so many people who know their content, like mm-hmm. know the field, mm-hmm. but don't know how to teach. Oh, other people to yes, the field yes. and like there's a very marked difference yeah between there the definitely two. is and she like she made it so simple she made it easy to follow mm-hmm. um spelled out the ingredients and everything very uh very easily mm-hmm. so yeah so did that um yeah i spent this um this uh because i i my last day of working last week was Wednesday, so That's I spent bad. Thursday to Sunday just nigging around, you know, yes, doing nigga shit, doing nigga shit. Oh, um, yes. Um, my my wisdom tooth socket is healing. Okay. I just have to say that I'm just because I talked to you guys about that last week. It y'all, he it talks hurts about this shit so bad. too much. It, I'm, but, I'm glad that it's healing. Yeah, it's healing. So I'm so glad. 
um, I think that was for me just not being stressed. Yeah. It helped it. Yeah. So you let these niggas go. And Ooh, you let just healing. Hey, thank you. From ya. every angle, guys. Oh, thank you. BBC. Inca- Look, I won't even. Don't don't let me start. Y'all, um, so my this past week has been weird and fun and amazing. Uh my birthday was on Thursday, aka Thanksgiving, aka Thanksgiving. Yes. Um, oh yes. So I was just wishing everyone happy my birthday. Yes. And happy Thursday, frankly. As you should. Because we're not acknowledging that uh genocidal, genocidal ass yes. holiday. Yeah. Yeah. Um so my my I hung out with my cousins Thanksgiving night and niggas had me take four shots of Hennessy. <laughs> Cognac ass nigga. My God. <laughs> but I do want to my praise report since y'all niggas uh, ain't sending us shit. Uh, okay, come I'm on, my own. Come on. All right, we got it. That night ended in a in a well rounded uh, reenactment of historic '90s and 2000s R&B music video moments. Amen. So that was blessed. Oh glory. Um, that sounds amazing. <laughs> what happens when niggas get in a space with their favorite alcohol and their favorite niggas like they just want everyone to get a taste yes and it gets so stressful but so beautiful at the same time wow niggas love sharing alcohol (laughs) love it love it um so that was funny i also realized that when i drink enough hennessy i become like a comic view uh grade comedian dark liquor will do it to you let me tell you Things but you not never even dark because I prefer whiskey. Like that is my drink of choice. Mm. But like, I don't know. It just wasn't in the stars for me that night. But it was fun. <laughs> it, it didn't get disgusting. Didn't have a hangover. Amen. Life was great. Oh, look at God. Blessings. Um, and then uh, a few days, two days. No, the next day. <laughs> I got. I, I had a very strange date um, with uh, Dyke. In the drawstring bag. So. Jesus. Help me, God. Help me. Help me, Jesus. Help me, God. And I just want to shout out to my friend Sasha, who called, who now has um, coined the term <laughs> alternative storage lifestyle. Oh, fuck. Oh, my blessed God. So. Oh. That's how my week has been. <laughs> I'm glad that we made it to another week. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just another week that Ooh, the Lord yes. has kept us. Oh, yes, Lord. And... <laughs> Never mind. Garage Band won't catch us slipping anymore, bitch. They won't catch us slipping. Won't catch a bitch slipping. Not today. Not won't tomorrow. Catch a not bitch ever. Slipping. Amen. Oh, I thought you were going to keep on. I okay. was going to, but I thought so... we had to just go on, you know, so... <laughs> Now it's time for the raw and honest segment. Yes, Lord. Dre, you want to explain to us? Explain to us? Explain for us? Yes. So the raw and honest segment is just basically a segment where it's it's essentially a self drag, where we just um, speak on a moment or a series of moments that led us to a conclusion about uh, the way we react to things or just you know a character trait. Something that we're just like, oh, my nigga, we need to uh, do something about that. Yeah. So this actually uh, was because of 
a conversation I was having with you um, <laughs> regarding um, the alternative. I'm not doing it. <laughs> we are not revisiting re- re- this. Regarding, no, um, regarding no. that person. Um, so basically we were talking about, you know, dating in general. And uh, Janae was saying um, that, you know, she realized this person that she was dating um you know, may have not, or may not have the same values or things that, you know, are important to you. Mm-hmm. And um, while you were mentioning that, I was like, okay, well, I was thinking about how I deal with people when I'm dating. And usually what I do is I'm like, okay, well, you know, we can work with this. You know, we can, well, let's keep on trying. Let's mm-hmm. keep on, you know going over and seeing if things can change. And um, what I realized about myself is that as gentle as that shit may be, it's my attempt at trying to change a nigga's for mm. real. Um, yeah. <laughs> I try to, quote, unquote, work with niggas, mm. you know, when I need to just let these niggas live how they are. And, um... That's low-key my version of trying to control things. Hmm. <laughs> oh, um, can't relate. Oh, God, read me. Jesus. And I'm going to be real. Like, uh, ever since I've been leaning into the fact that um, my Virgo rising is very much um, um, informing how I do things. Because mm-hmm. I thought it was just my sun sign. Mm-hmm. But nah, nigga, this oh, Virgo nigga. shit is here to mm-hmm. stay. And for me, nowhere. Um, And this actually feeds into uh, my raw and honest that I had two weeks ago Mm. about fearing being alone. Yeah. Because, you know, what I'll do is I'll um, try to mold niggas Mm. into what I want them to be. Um, Because I'm like, oh, you know, I I, I fear that, damn, if I let this go, something else may not come along. And... Um, and that feeds into the overall theme of what I realized our podcast is about, which is worth. Um, because you know, if you, if you don't, well, if I don't feel like I'm worth anything, I feel like I have to hold on to anything that may come around because nigga, there's like, why would anything else come to me? Um, so yeah, I'm just realizing that um, I'm a I low key like on the lowest of keys try to control things yeah. um, because I know what controlling looks like and I know I don't like the stigma of that. Mm-hmm. So I try to navigate my way around what controlling looks like. Looks like, Ooh. and I try to dress that hoe up wow. in different uh, clothing and different like just disguises. Yeah. But it's all the same thing. Yeah. It's all the same thing. It's and in, control. And in, it, oftentimes, it all has the same result of, like, you being disappointed every time. Yeah. Trying to control everything. Yeah. When the only thing you can actually control is yourself. And that's how you respond it. to everything else. That is literally it. And and that's really hard. I think I, I've had ooh, maybe, like, three conversations in the mm-hmm. past week with mm-hmm. um, other black femmes, mm-hmm. um, specifically black women. Mm-hmm. Um, who have just been talking about how they navigate 
this world in which we have learned um, that the way we show our value is in our like hustle and mm. in our um, our performance of being on top of things, being in control, mm-hmm. um, but also riding the fence of like also having to perform black womanhood, black softness in mm. black womanhood. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And like literally, <laughs> literally femininity is like this completely inaccessible goal that like is a moving target at all times, specifically as a black feminine, black mm-hmm. woman, like um, because along the lines of like, ain't I a woman, bitch, I are, I know how to plow a field. Like I'm plowing a field. Y'all are requiring that I plow a field, <laughs> but y'all are also requiring that I like, do it in humble hills myself and shit. like be feminine like mm. which one do you want nigga yeah and the thing is like we're all of those things mm. and it's human to be all of those things but the requ- the world requires of black femmes that we be superhuman mm-hmm. um, all these and, things at one and, time right that we be superhuman and be subhuman and not be seen like how that, that work like, it's Slim. wild how that it's, work we can't yeah so that's so real. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also want to say, I <laughs> we had this conversation about, um, I think it was on Saturday, actually, <laughs> when we were debriefing, <laughs> um, just about how I realized how dismissive I was, I was being mm-hmm. of you when you had mentioned um, your fear of not being able to find black queer love. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, oh, no, like, it, it's <laughs> out there. But like... <laughs> That regardless of whether or not like it's out there, mm-hmm. like the feeling of being a black fat queer person in this world mm-hmm. and like a bat well, I don't know. I identify as him. Mm. I don't know where you are on that spectrum. I need to figure out more. I need to research more about that, but okay. I feel like I'm leaning towards that because okay. it's you know yeah. yeah. Masculinity is a joke anyway. God so, damn it. <clears throat> Such a joke. But yeah, I was just like, wow. I was super dismissive, you know, with the intent, of course, which intent doesn't matter because the impact was I, I was dismissive, mm-hmm. but like this intent of like this, of upholding this strong black woman trope of like, just push through, it's out there somewhere mm-hmm. s- to keep keep your nose to the mm-hmm. grinding stone and it'll happen. And like... Yes, and this is presently what I'm feeling right now, and yeah. this is what I'm seeing and and and, and experiencing yeah. is that there is no black queer love out yeah. there for me. Um, so I'm sorry for not like holding that space for you in that moment. I, mean, I, um, I understand, yeah, um, yeah, and it's kind of if we're being honest, like it, it's at the same time it's been it's becoming more hopeful, but also. I feel more despair at the same time, mm. which is kind of weird. Yeah. Because, like, I'll be like, okay, well, you know, I'll see some couples. I'll be like, okay, cool. I just um, started following this one married uh, queer couple, black gay men. Mm. Um, so that that was, like, very cool to see. But then also just, um, which I'm not bashing anyone for finding love wherever the fuck they can. Right. But it's kind of like, which I, which I'm not even bashing the person. It's like the environment that's created that it kind of seems like, well, you know, like seeing Serena Williams marry, marry a white man. Like, not that there's anything wrong with that, but it's like Serena Williams was exclusively dating black men for a long time. Was she? 
Well, not exclusively, but mostly. Well, I don't know if exclusively. Okay. But a lot of the public relationships he saw in was a Drake, Drake. comment, like black men. She was dating Common? She dated Common for okay. a little while, yeah. All right, well. Um, And it's like, my nigga, none of these niggas worked out. Yeah. But then this white man comes along and this works out. Okay, you know. And then mm-hmm. just like different black folks you see... Um, I'm not going to say settling, but just going from, like, you see them in a lot of black relationships mm-hmm. or dealing with black folks, but then finding their quote-unquote happy ending with white folks, mm-hmm. you know? And it's kind of like, God damn, my nigga, like, what, what's going on? Is that, you know? But then also we were having this conversation. I was like, <laughs> my nigga, I cannot see myself no. folding some white man's long johns. No, after I'm You not. know, in case I did laundry one day. I'm just I I'm not folding your white ass boxer briefs. Mm-hmm. I cannot for do it for your white ass. Just not doing it. Yeah. <laughs> and that that was I don't know. That's what sort of made that point so heavy for me. Mm-hmm. Um, was the fact that like the lack of options for Black queer love actually mm-hmm. meant like the lack of love because like yeah. I'm not actually dating a white person like I'm not <laughs> developing I'm not putting in and investing energy in someone who is socialized in this world to like experience my blackness as uh, a deficit mm-hmm. and violence mm-hmm. or, or ex- has, has been socialized in the world to know that um, they can be violent towards my blackness mm-hmm. and not be punished for mm-hmm. it um whether or not they acknowledge the fact or not mm-hmm. um that's just not something that i'm here to sign up for right. so like that that point for me was like oh no black queer love is it out here yeah. but also like <clears throat> then like because like uh, growth happens in cycles right mm-hmm. so like also just being like there's so many different ways to love yeah and like some of my greatest romances to this point are with like my friends Mm -hmm. and like just us loving up on each other and like just loving up on each other in radical fulfilling and just ways that that push us towards our wholeness Mm -hmm. so i don't know i'm i'm not that was a momentary uh you know concern for me but like still very very much so wanted to honor that Amen. that's a very real concern yeah i just yeah. it's sometimes it's too much and i just don't feel like thinking about nigga. it because jesus just Christ. be present be present in this moment amen don't worry about 12 steps ahead amen and just be here yes um so my ron honest for this week um actually just happened today <laughs> while i was sitting here with dre um, and it's just the realization. <laughs> it's just y'all. Dre was playing this time with fucking rain, <laughs> and it's just the fact that um, I am still recovering from the feeling of value that I got from performing respectability in the church. And having, um, like, Mm. who I was actually going unseen Mm -hmm. because I was performing respectability so well. Um, 
And that's showing up specifically right now in, um, and I'll talk about this more throughout the episode, um, just my desire to like have really great sex right mm-hmm. now. Like that is my desire mm-hmm. to, to find some great sex partners and do that and enjoy that. Mm-hmm. Um, but instead I am doing this thing where like I'm okay talking about sex. I'm okay. Like, doing hard flirting. <laughs> um, but when it comes to like the actual sex piece, like figuring out how I'm going to initiate or like set up a, a dick appointment mm-hmm. or whatever, it's, I'm just like, mm, uh, I'm, I'll just, uh, you know, I'll just enjoy this like flirting and sending nudes that I'm doing. Uh, yeah, this is fun. This is good enough. Like, nigga, my draws are so... <laughs> <laughs> Niggas have gone through the entirety of their nudes collections, (laughs) like, and I'm still out here like, oh no, this is good, this is this is fine. Um, so yeah, just hold and and and, like having that feeling and being like, oh, like I said, this is enough, Mm -hmm. and that like me knowing very intimately that being a feeling that I've had for such a long time Mm -hmm. um, because I have been sexual for a very long time. Mm -hmm. Like, I remember as early as... Tell me yourself. Go ahead. As early as very early. um, (laughs) Like, playing mommy and daddy with, like, the other people in my grade and, like, Mm -hmm. just doing shit that kids should be doing, like Mm. exploring themselves and each other um, consensually, um, which is an interesting thing that if you are interested in um, learning about like childhood sexuality and like teaching your kids sex ed or teaching your future kids sex ed, you should definitely look into Ignacio Rivera, who is an amazing um, indigenous um, sex educator, um, he's also an adult entertainer, just an amazing all-around sex educator. Anyway, so I, I've known this feeling for so long of like being able to hide that I'm that I am a sexual person and still like get some semblance of like satisfaction out of like doing like kind con- sexual adjacent uh-huh. stuff. Uh-huh. Um but never quite going over the edge because I wasn't supposed to. I wasn't allowed to. I already knew that I was taboo in all ways. Like, I knew that I was queer in fourth grade. By fourth grade, I knew mm-hmm. I was queer. Um, I knew I was queer, but fucking had to have been at least fifth grade. Mm-hmm. I knew I was sexual as fuck. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I had a family member who had a bunch of like different sexual position books in his <laughs> library, and I was just like, "Oh my god, <laughs> this is amazing! <laughs> Show me more!" Also, in like second grade, I remember. <laughs> come on, come on with it. In second grade, so I was in the Start program. Okay. The um, like gifted education mm-hmm. program, and uh, we had to travel to a school like all the elementary schoolers in the county had to travel this is not chill out um we all had to travel to this one school and at the school in the gifted like center they had a bunch of different like huge books um on different artists Mm -hmm. nigga 
Do you know who Salvador Dali is? I've heard of him. Okay. Salvador Dali just draws a bunch of titties and vaginas (laughs) and like, it's surrealism. Mm -hmm. It's very interesting. But I saw those pictures and I was like, oh. (laughs) So I took that bitch. It's a big ass book, my nigga. Like a huge ass book. I took that book in my backpack. It never saw the lights of day in that facility again. Do you know? It never returned. It never Do you still have it to this day? I would have. I probably have it somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, in your mama house. Anyway, in my mama house. <laughs> <laughs> my first porn. Um, anyway, so I realized today mm-hmm. um, that I need, I must, if if it's fucking that I do intend to be getting, I must unpack this deep attachment that I have to um, upholding this like sexual respectability mm-hmm. in my personal life. Cause now it's like not even adults looking at me. Like it's not anybody who can do anything to, mm-hmm. you know, reprimand or whatever. I'm a right. whole ass adult right. and I'm still in my personal sexual life. Mm-hmm. Like oh, I'll flirt with it, but <laughs> I'm not going to go ahead and like, initiate or mm-hmm. not going to whatever so that was a huge a huge realization for me and like just really needing to unpack the ways in which making sure that i put forth the image of a wholesome christian mm. young black girl when i knew i was a wholesome christian thotty ass <laughs> queer ass little black girl um that I don't have to reconcile those things anymore or, or that rather those things are reconciled simply in me existing and both can exist mm-hmm. at one time and just move forward. Mm-hmm. And I think what also goes into that <clears throat> is understanding that much in the way, so one piece of that socializing of like, um, virginality or, or, um, purity mm-hmm. is that sex has to be this thing that's up on a pedestal mm-hmm. um so i think for me that process of like removing this need to uphold respectability also includes taking the pussy off of the pedestal amen <laughs> scott amen and like removing these arbitrary boundaries that are in the in the way of me attempting to experience pleasure um because they don't need to be there actually mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, because my pussy is right here and all of the opportunities are right here in my hand and my iPhone. So like, it's, it's, it's a two-step system. Mm-hmm. It's a two-step system mm-hmm. um, that, that doesn't require me to like have all these hangups about my worth or value, um, which is silly because I don't even think that way anymore. Like mm-hmm. that's in no way part of my actual philosophy or ideology and hasn't been for many years Mm. but that shit is so deeply ingrained yo it's so deeply ingrained it's a thing it's so crazy so that's where i'm at with that and um just trying to divorce respectability from all aspects of my life Mm. all right nigga nigga (laughs) (laughs) i'm not gonna start it back up are you sure? It's we all my heart. <laughs> hey, nigga, nigga, how you doing? 
Hey, nigga, nigga, how you doing? Okay. Amen. So now we're going to have church affirmations. And uh, brother Dreas MR is going to lead us with a word from the Lord. I don't. Amen. <laughs> Amen. When you know you don't want me. Hey. Why you bother me when you know you don't want me? Why you bother me when you not never? Well, that's a word itself. <laughs> Listen, that is a word on its own, but we're gonna we're gonna move on. Yes, God. Press press forward. Toward the mark, the mark of, of a higher calling. That's founded by Jesus. Yes, Lord. You better, you better go ahead. But is that a Bible verse or is that I, just some church, a churchism? No, it's in the Bible. That's a Bible yeah. verse. It is. It is. I don't know which one though. Y'all, I hope y'all are clapping for me. Hashtag about that. Janae knows a Bible verse. <laughs> tweet, 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 tweet. Oh my God. Is that Oprah? It is okay. Oprah. I love her. Deadass, the only scriptures I know is because they're in songs. Yeah. Deadass. <laughs> That is the only reason. Like, I don't be knowing the context. <laughs> I just know that John P. Key sang it in the hook. My God. And that's it. So, here we are at Church Affirmations. Yeah, man. <laughs> so, church, if you will, go ahead and turn your Bibles. Uh, once again, like I say every week, the King's James Version. Uh, if you have any other type, you're heathen. And you need to repent. <laughs> So the that's king dead ass how black niggas be feeling about any uh, other version. Yeah. But dead ass nigga, you don't know what King James is no, saying. No. No. So no, what no, are you no, holding no. on to, sis? Um, Whiteness. <laughs> that's what. Whiteness. Amen. So the verse, uh, the book we're coming Ooh. out is First Corinthians. Uh, the uh, the chapter is uh, chapter ten, and the verse uh, is. Uh, Verse 13. Help them, Holy Ghost. Oh, I feel my help coming. So. It cometh. <laughs> from the from Lord. The Lord. Okay, there we, go, there, we go, there we go. There we go. There we go. Momentary lapse. Amen. Oh, so. Jesus. All right. Let me, you know. So, First uh, Corinthians, the 10th chapter, verse 13 says, There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able. But will, with the temptation, also make a way to escape, that ye may be able to bear it. And uh, we thank God for the reading of his word. Mm. Amen. And the hearers and the doers of, of his, his already blessed word. Can, amen. Come All on. Right. Were you about to say gay man? I also like that. Let's do that. Gay man. man. Let's gay do that. Gay man. man. <laughs> Amen. So I want to, um, Evangelist uh, Williams, I want to hear your Why interpretation you do first. this to me, nigga? Look, it's just, Y'all, it's just so Andre want to show out because we already had a full ass, whole ass discussion about what the fuck the interpretation was of this motherfucking scripture, okay, y'all. So. And here, nope, nope, you open this bag, I'ma close this bitch. And this nigga here, <laughs> instead of honoring what okay, we Okay, so I will said, honor. Nope, nope, nope. nope. Ah! I gotta drag you first, bitch! In the name of the Lord! I gotta drag you first! 
a fuck ass nigga. <laughs> y'all, I listened to another round. Y'all should listen to another round. And I was listening to the episode with fucking Jennifer Lewis on that bitch. Oh, so blessed. So blessed. I love her. I love her. Every other word was fucked. And I <laughs> loved it. And you know, she has that good rasp. Yes. That good auntie, grandma, yes. been smoking, probably half a life rasp. Yes. yes. But not, probably not smoke, just like a hard ass life. <laughs> just yelling at fuck niggas. Probably. Probably, honestly, is what that rasp is from. Oh. Oh, she glory. just gave me life. So if her. there is an exorbitant amount of fucks on this episode, <laughs> that's because I'm channeling uh, the spirit and glory of the Jennifer Lewis. The one. So, nigga. <laughs> okay. Tell us about this motherfucking scripture. So, um, so this is a, a popular um, scripture with the saints. Um Ooh. Uh, in the minds of the saints, it translates to fleeing from sin. Basically, when you're in a sinful situation, God will always um, provide an out for you. And uh, to an extent, I do agree that when you're in something that you may not find um, beneficial to you, God will provide a way for you to escape. Um, but my uh, additional interpretation to this is... Um, if you look at the word, um, and by the word, I mean God's word, that's not just an individual word. word. That's the only word, the living word. Mm. Um, word of life, some may say. Amen. Come on. Or is that? Yes. Yes, it is. It is. You um, are the living word. Y'all, yes. that's the only reason I know <laughs> these churchy ass she is terminologies. Not, she is not lying. Just songs. Um, but yeah, so my interpretation is that it's this kind of thing about being ready. Um, my, my belief is that we, a lot of us get into these, um, these patterns where we feel like we have to be, um, perfect. We have to have all our ducks in a row. We have to have, um, a certain, um, a certain thing done before we can do another thing. And what this word is speaking to me is that, um, whenever something comes upon you, that you may not feel that you're ready for, my nigga, actually, you are ready. Um, You may not realize it. You may have to do some deep digging to realize it. But um, you are ready for whatever may come upon you. Um, Yeah, I just... This... this, Well, for one, I am a Virgo rising. (laughs) And um, perfection is my bread and fucking butter. Um, so this whole thing, uh, about, um, like, I think we were talking about last week that if, um, we, uh, commit to doing something at the beginning of the week and we don't do it to the book that Monday, the whole week is fucked. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this whole thing about just being prepared and being ready is somewhat of a myth. My nigga, when shit comes upon you, you are fully equipped to handle what it is. You, yeah, yeah. And, you know, much along those lines of our our perceptions of preparation mm-hmm. and readiness um, and what it looks like to be ready mm-hmm. um, often are this, like, idealized sense. Mm-hmm. Um, when in actuality, um, 
when a change or a need to move or a need to adapt mm-hmm. comes, the literal only preparation we need is a heart that's open to the shift yes. that's about to happen. Yes. Um, and, you know, when your heart is open, and I, I feel so like woo-woo saying <laughs> your heart is open. But, but hey. like when your heart is open to that shift and you have put in your intentions to move concede yeah, yeah concede to that shift move with the tide yeah um what you need will will come to you it will manifest however yep. however that Hell that yeah. works yeah Hell you know yeah. so absolutely yeah and i think that also um just going back to the scripture mm-hmm. since i've grown um into my own understanding of the world and and spirituality and whatever mm-hmm. um like sinning is letting a fuck nigga back in your life after who do was a fuck nigga. Um, when and- <laughs> someone shows you who they are, believe them. favorite rams is uh masturbation that is a great and get you ram. some toys while you're at my god get it get all you. because look it never looks as good after it, it niggas never look as good yeah. as after that nut is damn it, they don't dispose of right just oh, damn <laughs> well that's when <laughs> church affirmations for me all that <laughs> So, Saints, the next segment is sex and dating. And what we will be doing, we'll be doing, is... We'll be do- that's a new tongue. <laughs> we'll be doing... <laughs> Why do you hear me use it? You're going to hear me use we'll it. We'll be doing... <laughs> um, we will be talking about, um, basically, our dating and sex lives. Um, niggas that we have met, or just things in general regarding um our romantic dating sex lives yeah so uh janae you go ahead hasn't god been good to us all oh today? yes he oh. has uh, oh yes uh, deacon yes, uh, Andrea Simar has yes. delivered to us a a a a, a oh, treat if yes, you will god, well, yes, i hope your baskets are full oh, with the nuggets yes nuggets so this week, y'all, um, as has been the thread so far, <laughs> will be just about my whole in life um, and just some things that I've learned um, in the past, like, 72 hours out this bitch. Um, so it's like a three-parter so, so hang out hang out with me put saints, on my seatbelt right? yes. put on your seatbelt take out your notebook alright cause God's got something <laughs> in store <laughs> for you what God has for you is is for, for you, you. that's right alright so first thing is when you're dating mm-hmm. have the conversations that matter 
for what you want. Yes. So if you decide that you are just looking for fuck buddies or friends with benefits, like have the conversations and ask the questions that will allow you to be clear on what you want. Mm -hmm. Um, And much along those lines, um, also stating your terms and boundaries once you've decided. um, and, And sometimes you don't know at first when you're talking to someone like, hmm, this person would be best suited romantic relationship, platonic relationship, um, fuck buddy. You don't know. Like, Mm -hmm. so once you think you know, like, that's a good time to be like, hey, this is what I'm thinking. Mm -hmm. So that everyone has a chance to consent to, Mm -hmm. like, this conversation that you're having internally in your head. Um, And, you know, once everybody is like, yay or nay or whatever, Mm -hmm. making sure that the conversations that you're having are are moving towards building on that desire mm-hmm. um because a lot of the times in my own life what i see happening which is why i need to start this book called stepping off the relationship escalator and i haven't bought it yet but i need to <laughs> um a lot of the times we are having these conversations um with folks we're dating that are like essentially us putting putting forth like our most stunting ass self like our Mm -hmm. most like glamorized versions of ourselves um and we don't give each other the opportunity to be our most authentic selves um which is important in any relationship Mm -hmm. um and i feel like if niggas learn this they would not be trolling uh women out here talking about they got the stroke when they know they don't you know if niggas just allowed themselves a moment to be radically authentic i think heterosexuality is immoral so i don't don't know about this but there is a ram in the bush a strap in the bush amen come on guys Creating opportunities for people, for you and whoever you're talking to, to be your most authentic selves. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you're an awkward ass nigga like me, that may look kind of awkward. Like, (laughs) hey, tell me the five weirdest things about you right now. Tell me about your fucking third pinky toe. Like, (laughs) but no, like it can also be subtler. Okay. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. and, and that can oftentimes like. When you're wanting something to happen, like, and I learned this from teaching, like, mm-hmm. if you want your class to, to, to do a certain thing, you model it for them mm-hmm. so they can see what it looks like. Right. And then they can do that thing back. Mm-hmm. So maybe modeling it, you know, being a little bit vulnerable, if that's what you're seeking to do or whatever, just so niggas can have an honest beginning. Because mm-hmm. it's like, oftentimes... Um, again, let me say personally for me, Mm -hmm. um, because we're so focused on like getting, being liked, Yeah. like so much of the conversation is around like how, what we're perceiving to be valuable for the other person and Mm -hmm. like leaning into whatever their likes may be and how we can find some synergy between our two lives or whatever and like that's just it's not dishonest but it's it's not helpful in like 
it's not helpful in, in, in making sure you're honoring your truest self. Yeah. Um, so that, and then when you have said to a person, Hey, I, I think we would be great trying out a friends with benefits relationship. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, you're figuring out what their kinks and doodahs are. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're like modeling that, that, um, radical authenticity um and they are returning that Mm -hmm. making sure that you know as you can because like relationships are two or more people Mm -hmm. so like it's not all on you right um right but i think for me it's important that i am again modeling providing Mm -hmm. um partners with these concrete opportunities to um, be reminded of their consent or to, to just reestablish that they do consent mm-hmm. to like whatever type of relationship is happening there mm-hmm. or, um, you know, how we establish the initial boundaries right. of a part of the relationship or what have you. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that just being a really great check-in opportunity. So you're not at the point where, um, you have to blow up to to be to have this conversation of well I just I didn't know if I could say no or mm-hmm. if I I didn't know if um if this was going to change for you or like having those periodic check ins right um yeah. so it doesn't have to be a can we talk about this mm-hmm. thing um, yeah. so that you're always talking about it so. Mm-hmm. That has been what I have learned over the last 72 hours um, of of interesting living as a black dyke out here. Yes. What? <laughs> what is this place? <laughs> Just reminiscing. Oh, God. So, Dre, what in the fuck have you been ruminating on in, in, on sex and dating? Um, it's, so, I haven't been active I think you y'all niggas know this. I keep on saying this. Yes. Haven't been actively pursuing anyone or dating. But um one thing I've you know I've just been thinking about past uh relationships, past partners and just thinking about this thread of um niggas who are who believe and buy into deeply this um the these patriarchal norms, um, whether it be gender roles, which is weird to me when you have um, two gay men in a relationship and then you have someone believing in gender roles mm. Um, mm-hmm. when you both identify as the same gender. Yeah. Um, <laughs> gay men are something. Like, yeah. Gay men are something. It's got to remember, we're still men, so... There's that, but um, it's it's just thinking about um, how deeply patriarchy um and like fragile masculinity and toxic masculinity has affected um men in general, gay men, but just men in general, and um how me navigating um dating men. 
and not wanting these things has just been very difficult and not I, wanting toxic masculinity yeah not oh, wanting yeah. any of these things whether it be you know gender all mm-hmm. of these things that um shouldn't be there because my nigga you know no um and me compromising on a lot of these things mm-hmm. because once again I'm feeling like well where am I going to like am I going to find something mm-hmm. you know um but then I was just thinking about how um in different ways these men not just past partners and relationships but men in general that I uh encounter how both partners and past relationships and just men I encounter are like just like broken mm-hmm. and um the common thread are just these patriarchal mask uh you know uh beliefs and you know, me thinking about how, like, how detrimental patriarchy has been to men, mm. but we don't see it. Um, how it has, like, patriarchy starts young with men. It kills us, it, it, it kills us very young. It kills us emotionally. I'm not going to talk about physically. I'm, I'm going to talk about emotionally and mentally. It, comp- like, it's not, it doesn't injure us, like, it kills us um very young um because like if you ever watch little boys just playing and just being there's not a stark difference between little boys and little girls there's really not until that age comes where people feel like they need to start acting quote unquote like a boy and so they tell them to you know stop crying man up you know um you know, uh, you're a big boy, things like that. And it just kind of breaks them. And they, uh, and kids are smart. So they'll realize certain things are not acceptable. Um, whether they, they like something that people have assigned to, um, have, have assigned as feminine Mm -hmm. and they, Oh, I can't do that. Um, so like we have little boys walking around dead inside because this shit kills us young. And, um, you know, you just have a whole bunch of niggas as adults walking around just like ghosts. Like, just... You have a whole bunch of niggas just dead walking around. There's just a, bo- a whole bunch of walking ghosts. And the way I see patriarchy, or the way I've I've come to understand it, at least in my view, uh, affecting women and femmes, is that it's just like a transference of death. Hmm. Like, it's like these... It's like hmm. men being dead inside... And transferring that murder that they experienced so young to women offense. Mm. It's just a transference. And it's so damn sad to watch because we're socialized so young to believe that this is normal. That when anybody brings up that, no, nigga, this is not how this is supposed to be. Right. We get defensive. Yeah. And we're like, you know, people are, like my favorite line from niggas is, you know, people are destroying the black family, you know, all that stupid shit. And none of it is true. It's all based on a lie. And I just, I want us to, um, because I'm still affected by it to this day. I know there are still things I need to work on. Um, I think I mentioned a while ago that like, it's difficult for me to cry mm-hmm. even if i know i need to let out some damn tears yeah. um but i want us to 
to seek wholeness um, and healing because we didn't ask for this. We didn't ask to be killed at young ages. Um, and I think if we all did a um, survey of, um, you know, us as young boys and young men, we can pinpoint that moment where we realized that we died and that we couldn't be who we were. We had mm. to transform to something else. That that really went on the tangent, but like No. Like it's just hard to date it's hard to date men, one being affected by toxic toxic masculinity yourself, but trying to unpack it and heal from it. Mm. And then dating men who have no desire to Or do no it. inkling that or no inkling it, that, that it's even, affected them. Yeah. And like I said, when you bring it up, defense. It's all yeah. defensive. Um, so that's been difficult when mm. dating men and, you know, partners. It, it's been very difficult um, because I'm invested in healing mm. this shit out because it's not serving me at all. Yeah. Yeah. And that takes me back to um, when Tyrese and his video mm-hmm. was in the news and, like, that just being a moment that was a reminder for me of mm-hmm. men and boys are necessarily always going to be the first victim mm-hmm. of patriarchy mm-hmm. and toxic masculinity. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, folks were defending Tyrese's abusive, mm-hmm. possessive tirade and series of misfortunate decisions um, because he was a black man crying. Mm-hmm. Um But if we flip that on its head, if we understand that if black men were allowed to cry, were allowed to be seen publicly crying... Outside of a blow-up moment? Hello? It would be clear to us that Tyrese is just doing... um, Performing. Yes! And we wouldn't be muddling this very real and very necessary conversation about black men's mental health. Yeah with this immediate conversation of control mm-hmm. that that Tyrese was was doing with this like essentially his version of the Paula album oh, um and and in like <laughs> vlog form and apparently didn't he have t-shirts for his daughter or some D- shit I don't I don't know he did the blimp shit like all of that is controlling yeah it was a lot and 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 abusive yeah but because it was shrouded in in black male tears Mm -hmm. we were just like wow let's 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 enjoy this moment of like a black man emoting Mm -hmm. and like so so just sorry just saying connecting to that piece of like yes we need to 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 be deeply invested well i've done enough investment so like (laughs) black men yeah and and masculine folks Mm -hmm. um need to be invested in like understanding how much death they experience and impart upon others yes due to um existing as a masculine person or a man in the mm-hmm. world yeah um and how much that has to be like necessarily must be packed Yes. Unpacked. Unpacked. No, yeah, I know what you meant. Yeah, because unpack it and then pack that bitch up and strip <laughs> yeah. it off to Earth too. Yeah. Um, absolutely. Mm. Because I, I, oh, because I keep on coming back to um, seeing my nephews, mm. seeing young boys in general, like 
they are so free and happy and not mm-hmm. worrying about this shit until somebody tells them they need they need yeah. to worry about it. And a lot of the times it's enforced with violence. Yeah. Like extreme violence. Yeah. So yeah. And often that that violence that's imparted upon little black boys is when they're too happy. Because Ooh, like happiness yeah. happy, and, and joy yeah. is like some death sentence that's uh that's uh synonymous with femininity. Yes. And only feminine people can be happy mm-hmm. and like what? What mm-hmm. is that? So, yes. Right. Like who who the fuck assigned happiness to feminine like what? This is so odd. Yeah. yeah. It's weird. So that is sex and dating. Is it? That's what we were talking about, right? Damn, it was. Wow. Hey, Amen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Oh, Amen. Amen. So, our next uh, segment hey. is personal healing practice. Boom. Amen. So, what we'll be talking about um, is Come just... Come on, voices. Serve all these I'm giving you looks. I'm giving... You can't see them, but... By faith, just now I'm giving you looks. Woo! I'm giving you personalities. I'm giving you voices. Faith, I'm giving you vocals. Without faith, it, it is, is impossible, impossible to please, please God. Him. Come on. Okay. Um, but anyway, personal healing practice is just um, something that we've done this week that has promoted or yeah, promoted our healing and um, has just helped us along the way. You know? Amen. Amen. So I'll start first. Okay. Uh, mine is super short. Radical honesty. Um, that has been a... Ooh. Oh, 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 we gonna be honest. We gonna be honest. We gonna tell these niggas what we want. We gonna get it, and we gonna stick it. it, it and then we gonna leave these niggas. It got a little offbeat. Yeah, it that did. was that light skin again. Yeah, it just. Uh, uh, I mean, uh, if we're being radically honest, uh, if we're it's being. Such a <laughs> so yeah, just being radically honest. And for me, that has looked like being clear with other folks that I don't know. (laughs) I don't know what I want. And um, making sure that everyone has a chance to consent or not give their consent Mm. to me just out here butt-fuddling and shit. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Is that what we call a twofer, nigga? Is wrong with that Y'all, this is my favorite fucking episode. <laughs> Jesus Christ, I forgot to save this track. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. It's fine. It's fine. No, it's not. But it's okay. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna. So just be on. radically honest, and um, that practice starting with myself, and um, then resonating out to everyone else. Amen. I feel like I do a pretty good job of doing that, you know, with friends because I. Uh, spend so much time with friends and mm-hmm. in conversation with friends, um, but also just making sure I'm focusing on doing the same with myself and also folks that I'm dating, mm-hmm. fucking, etc. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Um, my personal healing practice has been um, smudging. Um, what? Smudging. Oh, smudging. Okay. Yes. Um, 
I, I, not too recently, but like maybe like a year or two ago, um, I realized that my mom used to do this shit all the time when mm. we were younger. Um, and I'm guessing, uh, cause my mom always used to say, you know, my mom said that, yeah, your grand, my, her grandmother was Indian. Mm. So I thought she meant from India. Yeah. But I'm guessing um, that she meant native. Mm. Um, because uh, if you didn't know, smudging is um, a traditionally native practice where um, you light some dried uh, herbs or plants, uh, some dried bundled herbs or plants, and you um, it's like a cleansing of the house. Um, my mom always used to do it with a piece of charcoal and some resin mm. of uh, frankincense and myrrh. Mm. Uh, she said that her grandmother taught her how to do it, and she used to do it all the time. Um, but yeah, I started doing, uh, not too long ago, maybe like within the last year, uh, smudging uh, with sage. Um, and I've been ramping up a little bit uh, lately. I don't do it too much um, because it defeats the purpose. You're not supposed to smudge that often. Um, like, I do it maybe once a month, okay. maybe once a month and a half. It depends on how, how I'm feeling in the space I'm in. Um, but, yeah, so I'll just do some, um, I'll just light a sage, uh, a dry sage stick, and I'll say a prayer. Um, and then I'll just uh, sage my room, uh, the corners, and also the hallway yeah. downstairs. And um, after that, I, uh, because I was told never to just leave a space smudged by itself, always fill it with something. Because mm. once you clean it out, you're supposed to fill it with something. Mm. So I fill it with uh, jasmine, mm. uh, which, you know, is supposed, is somewhat like lavender. It'll, it's like a calming uh, okay. uh, plant. So I'll uh, burn some jasmine, uh, whether it be incense or actual jasmine, and I'll just... Um, yeah, let it fill the house up and calm the fuck out of that space. So, yeah, it's been very helpful for me. Um, whether or not you niggas believe in it, like, it's very, it's very helpful uh, spiritually, yeah. mentally. It uh, it makes spaces a lot more clear for me. Prince song that actually will start with a Prince selection, Amen. but that was my best interpretation of what I have right now in my it, Prince it arsenal. Good. It sounds good. <laughs> I'm just being, um, you know, I'm helping you out. Thank I'm just, you. you know, being supportive. Um, but yeah, so our next segment is called obligatory nonsense. Amen. It's just basically a segment where you just talk about some bullshit that's been happening. Um, because of the nature of it, it's usually going to involve white people doing stupid shit. Typically. Because nonsense. Right, this is just a the huge white well folks live for nonsense. Huge well of white yeah. white foolishness. So this week, um, I was scrolling the twitters. Wow, my voice. What, what even just happened? Something. <laughs> Sir, jumped, voices. Something jumped up my throat. <laughs> Glavin. Um. <laughs> But, yeah, so this week, um, I was scrolling the Twitters, and this, um, this ridiculous-ass article, um, popped up, um, and basically what it was saying is that LeVar Ball is living off his children's back. 
Um, if you know, don't know who LeVar Ball is, he is the um, the father of the newly drafted Lakers uh, player Lonzo Ball. And he has uh, two other sons who play basketball. Uh, one is a, is a, he goes to UCLA. And he actually um, got arrested in China for shoplifting some Louis glasses with his teammates. Come on, blackness. Come on. God, love it, love it. Um, and y'all favorite president was tweeting about how he got them out of jail and all this shit, which turned out to be a lie. Mm. More white nonsense. But fuck him. So going back to the fact that um, this stupid-ass um, article said that LeVar Ball was living off of his children's back. Um, and I always notice this narrative that black folks... <laughs> it, it's so ridiculous when um, you have white folks doing something, but mm. they're seen as enterprising. Mm. And then you'll have a black person doing it, and it's like, oh, they're just like... They're cheating the system. All that stupid shit. They, yeah. All that. So, um, my whole thing is that um, this whole article was just talking about how he's a blowhard. And basically, if you read the article, um, in in coded language, it was saying he's too big. He's too black. Mm -hmm. um, he's too loud. He's too boastful. He's too confident. Um, and he's raising all... And he's... He's... Um, and he's too enterprising. He's, mm. you know, and he's instilling all of these um, values into his Negro children. Mm. And we can't have these values passing on to another generation. Mm. That's basically what this article, this stupid ass article said by this man named Bill Plaschke um, on LA Times. <sighs> White man. But it's so, it's so funny that, you know, um, he's seen as. Um, this person who's living off of his kids, but then you have someone like Chris Jenner, mm. who, um, you know, basically literally is lauded for grooming her kids yep. for reality television. Yep, and, and she's like building an empire, right? Of that. And oh my gosh, she's goals, and oh my gosh, look, she's she's such a great manager, and da da da. Yeah. How many kids does Chris Jenner have? Like five or six? I don't know, a lot. All of them. All of the the. Uh, the female children, she's groomed to make money, and she's managing them. Mm. But people see her as just this, you know, this enterprising uh, woman who's yeah. independent and all these things. And every time I see this type of shit, I'm just like, can, white folks, can y'all make it any less obvious that y'all right. just hate us? Right. Like, like can y'all just... Like, y'all... <laughs> it's so... Y'all do everything but outright say, I can't stand y'all. Right. And it's getting ridiculous at this point. Just say y'all don't like us and move on so we could just be cool with it. Hello? Yeah, so, um, just, white folks just acting ridiculous. And I'm just... At all times. At all times. It doesn't matter how we utilize our skills, if we're even utilizing them. Right. Just thinking about this article you've written, I'm sure this is a well-meaning, like progressive leftist white writer who is getting his checks off of observing whiteness mm -hmm. hard at work of mm -hmm. like why isn't this black man participating in capitalism mm. the way that black people are supposed to be participating which is not at all slash only as capital mm -hmm. like this idea right. of like um 
black folks, like this article is essentially written because it's a black father who is like, no, all these teams, all these uh, franchises are going to be making money off of my children. Right. I'm going to make sure we have something to stay right. right here at home to build on the wealth that they will one day inherit. Right, because he's making shoes and like, like all these kind of things. That he, this nigga offered his shoes to fucking he Trump. To calm <laughs> his ass down. That's how I know like black people are the purveyors of cool. Yes. They was like, look. Here is a physical representation of black cool. Mm -hmm. I'm going to just slide you a little bit of this bitch under the table so you can chill the fuck out. Mm -hmm. Because you don't have any because black people created it and you could never. So anyway. Yeah. I That's that's wild. Throughout this article, this man uh, talks about his kids. Like how, like, you know, saying how... um, LeVar yanked his youngest son out of school. Like, just like a whole bunch of shit... Um, and I'm just, I'm just sitting here like, most of this is just untrue. Um, but also the manner in which you present this information is very racist. There's no other way to say it. There's no other way to say it. Amen. Well, that's the obligatory nonsense this week, y'all. Such nonsense. Be blessed. I'm not going back. Y'all. Anyway, fuck computers. Fuck Apple. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck the whole goddamn corporation. Okay, so now we are going to go into pay your tithes, nigga. Amen. And this is the segment where we will be discussing um, our need to make sure we're upholding uh, black films and supporting black films, Mm -hmm. um, whatever that looks like, financially, emotionally, spiritually physically mm-hmm. however however black films need to be supported which is actually all of those ways mm-hmm. um but each week we'll talk about um a different thing that that can look like mm-hmm. um so this week uh just want to talk really briefly about um black films and how we are in a constant state of navigating black men mm. um I was talking with a few friends this week and um, because I'm constantly living in black dyke land, um, (laughs) often things, oftentimes things that like my straight friends will mention to me or friends who are in like straight relationships at the time will just be like, oh, I forgot that that was a whole ass thing. Right. Um, So one of the things that came up was... um, black how black femmes and black women brace for the absolute worst situation with black men at Mm -hmm. all times Mm -hmm. um my friend was talking about how she um was talking to this guy and realized that you know they weren't really aligned so you know they probably shouldn't date anymore and um she was ready for him to call her all sorts of bitches Mm -hmm. and fuck yous and your mama ain't shit and he was just like, okay, cool. Like, that's reasonable enough, you know? Mm-hmm. Doesn't It's not working out for you. Not work Cool. Um, and then we were just having this discussion about how visceral her response was to that. Mm-hmm. Um, because she, like, like I said, she was already ready for him to call her all types of bitches and, and things. And that that is our 
only point of reference for navigating interactions with black men mm-hmm. is wild. Yeah. Like what? We're expecting niggas to be out here ready to fight. Right. Over us being radically honest right. and saying, hey, this is not a thing that I am enthusiastically invested in. Right. Which should be beneficial to you. Like mm-hmm. that knowledge should be beneficial to you, black yeah. man. Um, but instead, we have to prepare for you like lashing out. Yeah. Um, and then the other one being, um, I was talking to my friend about uh, dating and, and things like that. And she was just... Talking about how hard it was finding, you know, people to date and things. And my natural question was like, what dating apps are you on? Mm -hmm. Um, And she was like, girl, I ain't on none of them damn dating apps. (laughs) And I was like, why not? And then instantly I'm like, that's right. You date, you date niggas. (laughs) And they are fucking crazy. Mm -hmm. And like, cause I, I, that also instantly took me into like, conversations that like my straight friends have had um just about all of the like incremental check-ins that they set up with friends like they'll tell their friends that they're going on a date and they'll have this friend call them 30 minutes into the date and you know this whatever um as as both a easy out if they need to get out but also a check-in mm-hmm. to like bitch are you still here you still yeah. existing on this plane of existence with right, us right right um so and, and and it's really wild to me when um when black men come at black femmes and black women and say that we're crazy or we're overreacting um because of the hurdles and lengths to which we have to go to be safe mm-hmm. from things that we already know and are already proven to be potential entry points of our demise. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just, it just sucks so much to, to be a black femme in this world and like know all of the, all of the harms that, that could potentially befall you yeah. and also like have to navigate very calmly and gently and softly um, as not to be, um, perceived as this like hyper defensive uh and aggressive being yeah um but like literally that is the only mode of survival that has ever worked Mm -hmm. slash will ever work with y'all niggas Mm -hmm. um so that's that's where i'm at and and i would love to think through and talk about how are we intervening how are we making opportunities um so first how are we intervening Mm -hmm. in the in those um experiences where, where black women are needing to respond to the very worst that black men give us. Right. Um, and then um, how are we making opportunities for black femmes and black women to not have to respond to black men's bullshit? So how are we starting at the source mm-hmm. um, with black men, with black boys mm-hmm. um, to make sure that 35 generations down the line, um, black femmes and black women will be able to be free and be mm-hmm. able to navigate a world um, in which their every step is not one that is navigating um, black patriarchy. Mm-hmm. So, and I really love, um, sorry, just keep, I really, I, I remember the first time that I heard about Feminista Jones, Are You Okay, Sis? Mm-hmm. 
Um, and I don't remember the context of why I heard it or if I was reading an article. I think I actually was reading an article, but I remember I just wept mm-hmm. when I read. Um, so Feminista Jones, who's really popular, um, I think she's a socio- sociologist or a social worker, mm-hmm. um, powerful black woman is feminist. Amazing. Um, she's also an incredible writer. Um, she came out with this campaign called Are You Okay, Sis? Mm-hmm. Super you okay, sis, right? You okay, sis. Mm-hmm. Super simple idea. Mm-hmm. If you see a black femme, a black woman who is, his looks uncomfortable, slash, if you see them and you're like, hmm, I've been in a situation like that, that was really uncomfortable for me, whether or not they wear their discomfort on their Mm -hmm. face or their body because what we also know as a tool of survival is black femmes and black women have necessarily learned how to navigate the world undetected Mm -hmm. emotionally undetected physically Mm -hmm. as as young black girls and black femmes we learn how to navigate the world undetected Mm -hmm. um so just a simple moment if you feel safe doing it um of seeing that other black femme mm-hmm. and saying, are you okay? And I mean, niggas think we all know each other anyway. So like, <laughs> yeah. I could, I, a black femme could like not know me from Adam, but if it's like a nigga that's pestering her mm-hmm. and I go up to her in, in kinship mm-hmm. and you know, he, he is probably a random ass nigga mm-hmm. from nowhere. Um, and, and maybe, will stop um maybe will not Mm -hmm. um but how simple is it to just see someone and say you know i see that you may potentially be experiencing some discomfort some something that you did not consent to Mm -hmm. are you okay Mm -hmm. and you know what happens there thereafter could be a lot of things Mm -hmm. um but the most radical thing I think that we can do for black black femmes is see them. Mm-hmm. Um, and seeing means a holistic thing. Right. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think me learning and uh, by talking to uh, black women friends I have, it, the lengths they go just to stay alive... Mm. Um, there was this thing that happened on Twitter where um, this girl took a picture of this guy's license plate that mm. she was on a date with. Mm. And they were talking about it on Twitter and, you know, the men were mad and why would you do that, da da da. Which I was like, you know, I get why you're upset, but also you have to be like, why did she feel like she had to do that? And the the, the wild part about it is that the other black women and femmes were like, yeah. Yeah, I've done it. Yeah. yeah. We've all done it. Mm-hmm. We've all done something similar, uh, whether it be dropping our location. All these things that women do on the regular, that honestly, if you just talk to women as men, we'd be like, yo, what? What? Right. That's what You do that normally? Like, this is a part of your day? Because men, without thinking. Without Unconsciously. Because men can't imagine having to um, constantly police their reactions and their body like i mean yes we can to an extent but not um with 
black women mm. or like we can see it with white women or white people in mm. general code switching mm. um but so real. like having to make sure that not only are white folks but also black men like like we don't it's not a constant thing just you know whether it be staying alive or sexual violence things like that we don't we don't consider yeah yeah so that was pay your time <laughs> bitch or nigga but nigga all of, it, all of it all, all of it all of it motherfucker <laughs> you don't know nan nigga da 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 testing testing alright let's see it better not fucking be there So now it's time for closing remarks and uh, the benediction. We're going to keep it cute and short. Um, Drea Samar, you want to start us out, Deacon? With uh, a quote? uh... (laughs) Sure! Let's go there! I just want to say that this is my favorite episode. I love you deeply. Thank you for reflecting with me. Thank you for being my reflective partner. Um, I love you deeply. Thanks. I'm sorry. I'm clearly okay, drunk. Nigga. You are um, on the spirit. Oh, hi. Oh, yes. The spirit of God. Look, I am so grateful um, just for the learning environment that's produced every time we record this broadcast. I know I keep on saying this, but it's like, it's you don't get this. You don't get this shit everywhere. You don't. Yeah, and I'm just grateful that um, I realize sh- that this is one thing. I realize shit as I'm. As I'm talking, mm-hmm. I realize shit, yeah. and that's um, that's invaluable. Um, yeah. yeah, amen. I love you. I love yeah. you. Yeah. I love you just today. All right, so I'm gonna give the quote. And did you pray last? You prayed last time. I, I did. Okay, so today's quote comes from the Audrey, the Lord. Um, and she says, I have a duty to speak the truth as I see it and share not just my triumphs, not just the things that felt good, but the pain, the intense, often unmitigated pain. It is important to share how I know survival is survival and not just a walk through the rain. Ashe. Ah, ancestors, universe, God, anybody out there listening that could help a nigga out. Yes. <laughs> I um, come to you all grateful um, for these lessons of radical honesty um, that have been resonating not just in my life, but in the life of um, so many of my niggas that I commune with often. Um, and we're able to reflect each other's um, challenges as well as our growth um, back to each other. Um, I know that you all will continue to open up new opportunities for me to um, practice my radical honesty and um, divorce who I am 
from a need to uphold respectability that is not of God, not of my ancestors, because my ancestors were hoeing and fucking and doing it all, um, all while surviving this white supremacist, capitalistic, heteropatriarchal world every day. Um, so I thank you for all my niggas that surround me and support me. Um, and I, I pray that all of them will continue to be supported and loved on and held um, as they continue to provide in my own life. I thank you um, for all the blessings um, that are yet to be seen for this week. Um, in everybody's name, I pray, except for you fuck niggas. <laughs> Amen. A woman. A everybody. Hey, glory, glory, glory. <laughs> Thank you.